I see a lot of people in the indie hacker community that, you know, they'll say, all right, I quit my job and today's day one of me building some company. And I, I'm not saying it won't work, but it's definitely risky to go that route. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast where I bring you stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. In this episode, I'm joined by Tim Leyland, who is the founder of T.ly, a link shortener with almost half a million users that he recently quit his job to pursue full-time. Tim started out building Chrome extensions, including a weather extension app that grew to 200,000 users at its peak. He then capitalized on Google closing down their link URL shortener and tried to build his own competitor, which is where T.ly was born. Tim has gone for the high volume, low price approach for his product, which isn't often recommended as a good route for indie hackers, but Tim has made it work. Talking of low price alternatives, I want to tell you about long-term indie bike sponsor, Email Octopus. They are an indie email marketing platform built to support other small growing businesses like yours. They are focused on affordability and ease of use, which is perfect when you are starting out as a bootstrapper. Email Octopus contains all of the features you need to reach and grow your audience. You can start today without paying a single penny on their free plan where you can contact up to 2,500 subscribers. To give Email Octopus a go, head to emailoctopus.com or hit the link in the show notes. Let's get into it. You first messaged me in April 2022 about T.Y. and coming on the podcast. Tell me about before that. What were you doing? Were you sort of hacking away on various side projects? Did you always want to like be an entrepreneur? Yeah. Uh, so I recently actually did a blog post where I kind of covered the last decade or so of, of projects that I've worked on. Is that embracing failure, the journey of a builder and a maker? Yep. Yep. I, I kind of did that just to for myself to help me to go back. And there's a lot more than probably what I even included on there. But yeah, I mean, if I go back to graduating college, started, you know, working in software development and I just always kind of had a thing for, you know, wanting to build projects on the side. So I had to have an idea for an app. And, you know, early on, I had no idea really what I was doing coding wise. And I would just be like, oh, how do I get a website up or how do I deploy this code and what languages and database stuff so there's a lot of learning a lot of failure i guess the first thing that kind of had success Hmm. was 2015 i built a weather extension so that weather extension was that not done before yeah i mean obviously there was a lot of weather apps on your (laughs) phone and and then weather.com so i just wanted an icon in my browser and I think I just started building it and I didn't even check to see if anything existed. It was kind of that build it for myself, really. It kind of took off because I used the Dark Sky API early on and a lot of people like that. And then Lifehacker website picked it up, shared it. it you know, went from maybe a couple hundred users to like 10,000 plus in like a week. <laughs> so, that, and so that was in 2015, like eight years ago now. And it's still active. It's still going. Are people like still downloading it and using it, g- given that you, like there's so many weather apps you can use? Yeah, it's kind of stalled out at about two hundred thousand users. Right. So it's kind of just on the back burner, though. Like I don't really do much with it. It kind of just runs itself right now. How much money have you sort of earned over the years from the app? At its peak, it was making a couple thousand a month, and then really? now it's. Yeah, it was doing well. And then I don't know if it was a competitor or something else, but somehow my extension got spammed with one-star reviews. Oh, no. So thousands of one-star reviews. So I went from getting a lot of installs to like 
hardly any. So even if you go look at it now, I have like three out of five stars and they're all from this one period. So that kind of stalled my growth. And then from then it's just been kind of like just maintaining users. But mm. yeah, people upgrade. It's a couple hundred month now. Like That's all right. So <laughs> so when you were like the peak of this app, were you like considering was this something you could potentially leave your job for or was it always a nice side project that was extra income yeah i didn't really see it as something i could quit my job working on it just didn't seem like you know it's one of those products where people expect the weather to be free for the most part i mean they go to weather.com and a lot of weather apps are now included on your phone that are free so it was a pretty tricky thing to think okay how can i grow it to where it's making enough ads are a little bit hard to do inside of extensions you can't really like inject ads so i didn't really go that route but yeah i kind of back in my mind i hope to grow it and then maybe sell it to like one of the other weather websites or something like that but mm-hmm. so far i haven't really put a lot of focus into it yeah so you like i'll leave a link to this article which is great by the way sort of going through all of your projects there's been like plenty of failures in there but the first time you sort of dipped your toe into link shortening as an extension was i believe in 2017 looking at this yeah so i had the weather extension and it was doing well and i thought what if i just create you know five other extensions that make a couple thousand dollars a month and that was kind of how i was gonna you know build Um, where i had enough to you know to possibly quit my job would be to have like five extensions so i built a tool and i indexed the chrome web store and i took the extensions that had the most users and then just started looking at those and obviously there's some that are like really big companies but i came across a google url shortener extension that used goo.gl which is google's old url shortener shortener service that everybody used it was really poorly done and had a million users so why not build a better version and have it to where it uses like multiple services so like tiny url bitly and there's a whole bunch of other ones and that was kind of my goal and then google announced they were shutting down their service so i knew okay all this million plus user base is going to go looking for an alternative and that's kind of what i set out to do back in 2017 that's kind of an interesting strategy to try and scoop up some of Google's dead products users because they are so notorious for killing off products after they've been used and loved for a while. You say you were using the like other link shorteners. How, how did that work? Were you just sort of using their APIs? And Yeah, so I just went out and found as many APIs that were kind of just open that either they didn't require an API key there's, so the, in the world of URL shorteners, there's been thousands that have been built because every developer wants to build their own URL shortener at some point. They've thought about it. So, you know, there's a whole bunch out there. But what I noticed is they would be online and then one day they would just disappear. And I didn't really know why then. I know now. So I built the extension to use multiple services, but then some of them would go down and that kind of leads me into why I ended up building my own service. Yeah, cool. Tell me more. Yeah, so I guess it was 2019. I'd been running the extension. It probably had like 200,000 users. And then I had people emailing me saying, my links aren't working. 
and I would go out to whatever service it was and the whole website would be shut down. And I would respond, sorry, I can't really help you. You know, I don't have any control over this service. So that led me to say, okay, I need to build my own. And that led me to T.ly, which is where I'm at now, where that's like my main focus right now. So you were sort of dabbling with these Chrome extensions. You had a link unshortener as well, which I thought was kind of cool. How were you getting like all the users for these apps? You say like Google had a million users, but how were you scooping them up? Yeah, there's some stuff you can do. So like optimizing your listing in the extension store, but just building extensions that really don't require a lot of permissions that do what they say they're going to do and don't do any kind of shady stuff. That's, that's been my thing. And then I, since I have so many extensions, I use them to market each other. So, you know, if you install (laughs) one, you'll probably come across seeing one of my other ones. And that was back to the 2017 era, I was trying to build a whole bunch. So I built, when I built link shortener extension, I probably built like six other extensions, but none of them really took off like it did. So you're like in the link shortening game, you notice that a lot of these are going down. In my mind back then, Bitly was sort of the big whale around. So when you started T.ly, was it a Chrome extension or was it different? Yeah, so it started off as just the extension could call my own API for T.ly. So that was like version one to where all of my users that use my extension can now use T.ly to create short links. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually I built the website and then people could just go there and create short links. And then eventually I built the like SaaS product where if you want to get additional features, you can create an account. And you can do things like smart URLs, custom domains, additional analytics, and all the other things that come with a link shortener. How were you positioning yourself differently? So initially, it was price, which I know isn't really the best way to do it for an indie hacker. But Bitly, back in like 2017, to do a custom domain on their service, it was the cheapest price was $1,000 a month. Oh, wow. So, I thought, how can I do this? And of course, I, I feel like I, this was a mistake, but I, I launched it at $5 a month. You could add as many custom domains as you wanted. <laughs> Why did you go so cheap? Yeah, that's a you know classic thing. If, if anybody's listening and they're starting something, you know, you could go the affordable route, but don't go so cheap that you're not going to be able to make much off of it, which still today, there's still a cheap plan that's annual that's five dollars a month but i also have a ten dollar a month plan if you just want to go monthly so okay are you happy that that's there do you like the fact that that's there that you're sort of the i guess the cheapest in the market for custom domains yeah so i mean i don't know if they've you know followed you know my path on this but since then you can now add custom domains and it's like you know 20 bucks or something like that for some of these other services so they they lowered their prices to compete (laughs) Not not necessarily with me, but maybe with other competitors yeah. out there. So you, by by pricing this low, you need to have the volume volume of customers to convert to paid. I'm guessing it was free as well, right? Yeah, so my service is free to use if you don't create an account. So if you just go in there, you can create links, you can use the extension. But yeah, I don't really have like a free plan with an account. And so aside from users coming in from your extension for shortening links and 
t.ly being an option for that how else were you getting users to grow it so big and what sort of size is it now users wise most of my initial users came from the extension so when i launched t.ly i probably had 200,000 users using the extension so i kind of used that as my initial you know get get it out there get where people could discover it and then from there over the last few years i've really been focused on like SEO, building content. I have a blog that there's a lot of posts on all around marketing and you know URL shorteners and different features that the service has. And I also built some additional like f- just free add-on tools. So like a QR code generator that anybody can use and some other tools that kind of go with anything like URL link related. So Tim, you quit your job now. You're full-time on T.ly. So what made you make that decision to quit? Because it's a huge jump. You've got kids, you've got a family. Making that jump is just so scary. So did you like get to a level of income that was sustainable that you thought, yeah, I can now go full-time? Yeah, I'm definitely somebody that's low risk. I pretty much have been waiting until I felt like, okay, I'm making more than what I make at my job. And I, you know, had been doing that for a while. I had a year plus saved. And from there, I just felt like, okay, if I'm going to take the risk, now's the right time because I, you know, I felt like I had all of the safeguards in place that, you know, if this thing fails, I could always, you know, go back and get a job at some point. If you go back and, you know, when my early twenties and, you know, no kids, not married what i you know i probably would have quit years ago but once you have you know a house payment and you've got i have three boys so there's there's a lot more risk and you also just got to be you know more careful to to make sure you don't jump too soon i I see a lot of people in the indie hacker community that you know they'll say all right i quit my job and today's day one of me building some company and i I'm not saying it won't work, but it's definitely risky to go that route because it takes so long to build something that actually makes a decent income. And so for you now, you're spending all your time on T.L.Y. Like, what does your day look like? I was wondering how that would be myself because (laughs) my day before was with, with a job was, you know, some development, but a lot of meetings. So really that it just freed up my time to be able to you know, do more customer support. I'm trying to put more time into marketing. So what can I do to like really grow awareness for T.L.Y.? Because that's like my biggest thing is most people think of a URL shortener. They they think of Bitly, TinyURL. I mean, those have been around for, you know, 10, 20 years. So a lot of time has been spent where people have it ingrained in their head to go to those services. Well, Tim, thank you so much for sharing your story of T.L.Y. I wish you all the success with it in the future. Now, I end every episode on three recommendations for a book, a podcast, and an indie hacker entrepreneur. Yeah, so for book, I would say Atomic Habits. And then this one's coming soon. I wrote it down, but The SaaS Playbook by yeah, Rob yeah. Wallings. And then podcast, My First Million. Yeah, and. And Indie Hacker, I also picked Rob Walling for that just because in the current stage where I'm at, I feel like this, the information he puts out is just spot on. He's 
got a lot of experience and he really gives you valuable information. Absolutely. Great recommendations, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on this episode of Indie Bites. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Indie Bites. To show your support for the show, I'd appreciate you checking out today's sponsor, Email Octopus, and subscribe to my newsletter, The Indie Bite. All links are in the show notes as usual. See you in the next episode.